0: I got all settled and then it was like I started feeling my legs stinging and I'm like this is weird I'm like I didn't think I had that many like cuts and stuff on my legs and I haven't shaved my legs in a while so it wasn't even like razor burn like what the hell is it so I eventually called Josh in and I like lifted both my legs up like a baby getting its diapers changed and I'm like (laughs) is there anything on my legs he's like I don't really see anything I'm like okay fine I'm just crazy so I stuck it out for like 10 5-10 more minutes and then I was inspecting and I found that like open blistered welt thing and I'm like fuck you Josh you didn't see
1: anything (laughs) oh my god Oh my god, welcome to Sitting Cricket.
0: Welcome. Is this even a show anymore?
1: What are these girls even doing with their lives?
0: (laughs) Having babies.
1: I know. You might be able to hear one in the background. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. I'm Angie. I'm the reason Uh... we stopped recording. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: Jenna, and I support Angie's decision to raise children.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You. Until later when... They're older and become part of the problem.
0: (laughs) They become the people we podcast about. Yeah. Let's hope hope that they're not the people that we podcast about. (laughs) Well. I don't
1: know. I meant what I said.
0: (laughs) That would be an amazing story. I bet our views would finally go up after that, though.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Famous serial killer's daughter becomes. (laughs) Wait, no. (laughs) I'm not the killer. We've been away for a very long time. Yeah, I think over three last,
0: months. Yeah, our last recording was like first week in October, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like there's no point in asking if there's any updates because I feel like there's all the updates, which means there's none of the updates. Oh
1: my god, I know, right? <laughs>
0: um. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll dive right in, I guess. So today, Angie and I thought it would be a good idea to talk about you. Um, yeah, we're gonna talk about you. <laughs> All about you. <laughs> no, not you. Um, so yeah, if you haven't watched the Netflix show yet uh, called You, then turn away. Come back when you're done.
1: Yeah, and why haven't you? And why are you here?
0: Why are you listening to us when you could be watching you? I <laughs> still <Yes, we'll> watch <laughs> you.
1: We're watching you.
0: We're all watching <laughs> you, and
1: you should too. <laughs> watch yourself
0: watch yourself oh my god um so andy you have read the book i have not yes so i think um that will potentially provide some insight because i'm sure a lot of people have only watched the tv show like me and have not read the book so i'm sure your uh the fact that you've read it will probably help provide some insight while we we just intend to discuss discuss all of our thoughts on the show today.
1: Sweet, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that I found the book and the show to be very closely aligned. Oh, really? Yeah, I was That's I good. was impressed. Um, it's been a while since I read it, to be fair, but I was just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh wow, oh okay. <laughs> it was just there are some things that were a little questionable um that i didn't think they would include and they did and it i don't know it was one of those swooning moments like oh yes 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 you did it (laughs) you you did it (laughs) um i don't uh, anything i say is gonna be a spoiler well this whole thing's gonna
0: be spoilers so again if you haven't watched it go back
1: um the tampon in the box ah that was to me like I don't know if they're gonna do that, but they did, and I was just so like, you go Netflix for you, <laughs> you and your you, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that ki- that kind of thing. Right? it was it was a lot to read and mm. like uh, digest that way. So actually watching it, I was like, okay, is this this is the moment? Are they gonna do it? And they did. And here that we are. being
0: said, I think like had you not told me ahead of time. That there was a tampon thing. Like just watching it. I wouldn't have known that that's what it was.
1: Oh. uh, No.
0: Like it wasn't obvious to me that it was a tampon.
1: Oh. Wasn't the string poking out of the folded up. Alright. Whatever. (laughs) But um, yeah. So
0: like overall you'd say that. Like they did it justice. I think so. Awesome.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the things that we're really going to dive into. Is like. The weird obsession that people have with Joe. Yes. Like the actor. Because the way I pitched it to you was he looks like a little Bundy. Like he looks like a little baby Bundy with his little (laughs) Bundy smile and his teeth and his hair. His hamster (laughs) eyes. That's right. Right? So.
0: I've never, like, eyes that have never been so soulless and soulful at the same
1: time. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's this, this obsession about. The character who looks like bundy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny the the internet like just fucking exploded after like the first couple days of this show being added to Netflix and um the the number of people specifically women who are almost coming to the defense of Joe and his character um is ridiculous.
1: Right? I mean Fan of the opera did it first but <laughs> but yeah it it's weird it's like it, it, <laughs> he's dangerous and don't give me the bad boy excuse cuz he will fucking kill you and everybody that you love yeah
0: and oh. it like one of the thoughts that i had while watching this is like this show would have such a different tone if joe were ugly right like, if he were not, look like, good-looking at all, he would just be a creep. You would be disgusted the whole time. It would just put on a whole different meeting. But the simple fact that he's attractive makes you want <laughs> to justify his actions.
1: Ugh. Yeah. I, I mean, he's okay. I don't like it when he smiles. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have a real, like, judgmental moment here. I... I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's all right looking, and then he gets like his weird Bundy smile going on. Like when I showed you that photo comparison, I was like, ugh, this yeah. is that's too much for me. I mean, all it's all too much. But well, the picture, I think ugh.
0: I think the other thing that makes him so attractive, especially to people like you and me, um, I think a person's intellect to us is a lot of what makes them attractive. Yes. So the fact that he's like this book guy and has appreciation for like literature and all
1: of that—it's like, ooh, you're all smart and stuff. And they soften him up with the kid too. Yeah, the kid. I, I can't remember if the kid's actually in the book. Now that I'm thinking about it, I mm. I can't recall. But um, it. I think just seeing his relationship build with that kid and how he's like taking him under his wing and wants to like, he sees himself in him and wants to like make his life better and protect him. Like you, you connect with him on that level. Like he can't possibly be this bad. And then it just spirals into this, like you find out all of these people that have gone missing and then you kind of slowly make the connection that, yeah, it's him. Yeah. So but, yeah.
0: on that note, that springs on to something else that I wanted to bring up. Like Yes, he comes off as um, like very empathetic, and like you, you really do appreciate that relationship that he has with. uh, I think his name's Um, Paco. Paco, Paco, yeah. Uh, Yeah. He Pogo the clown. Pogo the clown. Um, (laughs) 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 Like, I think one thing we have to remember is that, and I'm assuming it's the same way in the book is Joe is the narrator telling us his own story. Mm. So I think that some of the things that we're privy to might be skewed. Not all of it, because I think it takes on a different tone in um, TV world, because we do see scenes where Joe is not present, which obviously would not be possible without, um, you know, some sort of third angle. But, specifically the ones where Joe and Paco are interacting and his reflection on that, like all Joe does is justify his actions regardless of how deep and twisted and violent they may be. I think that part of um, him justifying himself as like a good person and all that, he kind of brings Paco into that. Mm. To do that for us, you know what I mean. Like, I think it's almost more of a manipulation, and and whether he's conscious of it or not, I think that he he uses his relationship with the kid to justify some of his other actions to himself.
1: Ooh, because maybe it like, goes, sorry, no, no, but no, go it, ahead. I was just gonna say maybe it transcends like the reader watcher. Like, into that realm, too. Like, maybe we're being manipulated into thinking he's a good person. And, like, the writer knew that when she's creating this character. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Because, like, he... We're we're getting direct sightline into his his thoughts, his monologues, his narratives, his, you know, by-the-moment interpretation of events and such. So, I think... Yeah, I think I think it just really gives us an idea and shows us how much he's almost manipulating himself as well as other people.
1: Yeah, well that's uh, isn't that like classic serial killer though? Yeah. <laughs> like like this I I'm doing this like it has to be okay. I have to make it okay for myself to I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) It's been a long time.
0: Uh, (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's tough because because there are, I mean, obviously because uh, you have a bias while watching or reading because you identify with the primary character regardless of their position in life. Because like if he were a secondary character and Beck was number one in giving us her thoughts and stuff, then we would see Joe as like, oh my God, you need to lose that dirt bag, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it's just because he's the primary character that we're identifying with him so much and he's attractive on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I, I think even the actor, I can't, I'm going to look up his name as we're talking, but even the
0: actor, something pudgy, it starts something, (laughs) something with a P.
1: Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) uh Uh, pen badigly yeah close enough (laughs) pen bagly pen bag (laughs) um well that that threw me off uh i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i just don't remember what i was gonna say um oh no even the actor like on twitter he's like uh just no no don't like this character don't like me for this like it's not it's not not good and it just got me thinking like the more when we talked about doing this episode and as I was watching it I kept thinking like I wonder if this is going to breed like a new kind of serial killer slash victim because these girls almost want to be that center of attention that, that thing this person is obsessed with until it gets to a certain point and I'm not saying everybody who likes this actor and thinks that Joe is hot is, like, of this uh, category, but it just, it kind of scares me for the future, because at what point does an attractive person being obsessed with you escalate out of control, and what do you have to see to kind of cut through the bullshit, if that yeah. makes sense?
0: Yeah, know. like like what's what's going to be your rock bottom or your reality check until you realize what's going on? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't really see it being that much of a shift. Like, I think... I don't think it'll escalate beyond what we're seeing right now, just a bunch of people posting on Twitter and social media and all that sort of stuff and engaging in online discussions. Um, but I think that the the vulnerability i guess that that a person almost needs to crave that sort of attention mm. um i'm not i'm not victim blaming at all but the just that kind of vulnerability that makes that sort of a situation between joe and beck seem appealing um i think that already exists in the world and that um you know there's there's certain kinks and scenes and stuff that are dedicated to that sort of thing um and of course there's also real life scenarios that we see between the joe and the becks in the world as well
1: yeah i mean it is so satisfying to watch though and it's made of the same stuff that this um well this podcast and many like it are are made of right like it's Mm -hmm. so dark and twisted that you just want to keep going but then yeah it gives you just the right or scratches just the right itch and just the right place yeah like well, that, that in all of, of separation, I guess.
0: Yeah. That in like, yeah, there, there are some, you know, minor plot to twists or not twists like gaps where you're just like, oh, okay, that seems unrealistic, but the, um, approach and his justifications and Beck's reactions, like all of those dynamics are very real things that happen all the time in abusive relationships and that sort of thing. Um, so I think that that, Realty makes it all the more appealing and disturbing,
1: mm-hmm. and it also like it plays a lot on social media too. Yeah, like the, the show goes into that and how we kind of expose ourselves to, you know, the the dangers and the the stranger danger out there. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> um. I think one of the, the interesting things is when Beck starts looking up Joe. Mm. Because then, like, to me, and this isn't what happened, but it gave me the sense, like, oh, maybe she's, like, as dangerous as Benji said she was. Maybe she is, like, she's her own kind of stalker, she's her own kind of danger, but that didn't mm-hmm. really work out. But it just, it, I don't know, she kind of put the table on him for a moment there, and it... it started to break down his character or wh- how she saw him as a character into like, maybe he's not everything he seems to be.
0: Well, not only that, but I think, um I think that was, although a very like simple scene and, and part of the story, um, I think it was disturbing because Beck is basically what, bridges the gap between the common viewer and the joes because we've all done it we've all been like what the fuck is that person from grade 10 math up to do they have kids oh my god they have kids i have to look at and you just like go down these rabbit holes so it's not that order out of the ordinary like when you see joe do it you're like oh my god this guy's a fucking creep but when beck does it it's like oh yeah i've done that I've looked oh. at my ex's exes,
1: right? Yeah. So
0: she's kind of like that familiar part of Joe that's relatable.
1: Yeah. She's like the everyman of that story.
0: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But it's true. Like going back to your point about, you know, being
1: vulnerable on social
0: media and stuff, like we all do it all the time. We don't act on it necessarily, but <laughs> I think. I think technology has transformed us all into a type of stalker. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, because we can. Yeah, and it it normalizes it. Yep. And yeah, I, I guess that's what you're saying. But yeah, like, like
0: it's, it's it's not like we're all going to libraries and looking up old yearbooks because God, that's too much effort. But within three clicks, I can see my ex boyfriend's brother's ex girlfriend's kid.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, I've gone there. Oh.
1: <laughs> Denis Stock's children. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It is very good, though. I mean, like we're we're kind of dissecting it, but it it's very satisfying to watch. And uh, it was one of those things that I mean, now with two kids, I'm like, okay, I'll put something on in the background, and I'll just like whatever it's it'll play and i'll pick up the storyline as i go and piece the rest together and create my own narrative as i usually do when i'm talking to jenna Yep. <laughs> but um with this one i i actually made an effort to pay attention and like once the kids were asleep it's like okay i'm gonna watch an episode and it felt like like an actual commitment to it and it hooked me in that way which I think is impressive for all you moms out there who know what I'm talking about <laughs> no
0: yeah no absolutely and like I I know you're getting frustrated with me because I was basically in the same boat I wasn't finishing very fast because um I got Josh hooked on it too so he wouldn't let me watch it without him and vice versa so I had to wait we had to wait till we were both home finished dinner finished chores or whatever and then we could like maybe squeeze in one episode a night before bed yeah so yeah
1: it's it's definitely yeah you definitely have to invest the time to watch it it's not a hard storyline to follow but if you really want to appreciate it yeah yeah and like understand joe you have to watch the whole thing because if you only saw certain clips it would be like wow well what's wrong with beck like why is she being this like this is just this is a love story that's all it is but if you see certain scenes yeah and you see them all together like you see the you know him stealing her her panties or her workout shirt or whatever him watching her or and then add in the the scenes of him watching her it's like oh this is this is a little more than attraction like this is this is escalating yeah and then you find out he's done it before. and that Yeah, was, it's
0: it's uh, not a schoolboy infatuation. It's like a serial obsession something.
1: Yeah, slash killing. And when he <laughs> says he's not a murderer, that's when it, oh, that's what I wanted to mention. So before you find out about Candace, before you find, about, uh, find out about her background and her producer, or whoever that guy pushed off the roof was,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he mentions, I'm not a killer. I've never killed someone before. And just touching back on your your point about him justifying what he's doing, it just seems like how far in denial is this guy that like I didn't I didn't kill him. he had to be put out of his misery like before he hurt somebody again. So I'm actually the good guy here because I'm taking this guy out of the equation. Mm-hmm. like I didn't kill him. the peanut oil killed him. I didn't kill him, he fell off the roof. like it's just so, yeah. Ah, like you're know you're you're omitting a very important detail, yeah, but that just speaks to how dangerous he really is
0: and and that um that idea gets toyed with again, going back to his relationship with Paco when he kills Ron, right? Because I think that's what starts, or even Peach, like that's what starts to make the viewer question whether or not they're on Joe's side because it's like, well, Peach was just as bad as Joe was. Yeah. She just had more money to support
1: her hobby. <laughs> but she was also a female, and I think uh, I don't want to... <laughs> I'm going to tread very carefully here, but I think a man or a woman in that same scenario would definitely change the viewer's opinion of how dangerous they potentially are.
0: Depending like on what mean, they show. Like, you mean if like Peach was a guy, for example?
1: Yeah, if the story was centered around Peach instead of Joe... Yeah. How different would it be? I'm not yeah. saying it would be different. I'm sa- I'm asking the question. I think it would, but
0: Yeah, no, I think it I think it would too and I think um I feel like people are more likely to empathize with a woman whereas men are seen more predatory like from an evolutionary standpoint. Yeah. I, well, yeah. they're
1: they're physically bigger in, in yeah. most cases. That's just the way humans are made.
0: Yeah. like if I'd it say were, the same thing
1: you are. If, if it were...
0: Uh, first of all, like, what kind of a fucking name is Peach if you're not a princess? But, um...
1: I don't like, know, man.
0: I could not take that seriously. She's like, oh, Peach. And he's all like, I fucking hate Peach. And I'm like, I can't... I can't do this. Anyways... um. If it were a Peach-centric thing, I think you would be more inclined to lead towards, like, oh, poor her, she can't come to terms with the fact that she's attracted to women and she's in love with her best friend and that's so difficult. Like, I think you would just go straight to empathy regardless of how far Peach went.
1: Yeah, I, and they, they mention that, too. I think Joe mentions, like, her family. Or maybe it's back. Anyway, someone says, like, I, I know your family, like, doesn't, doesn't agree with, like, your attraction to women or whatever. And then she, like, gets all defensive and silly about it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Um, it, it's weird because she... Beck allows, and I don't want to victim blame either, but in the book she, she allows Peach so close to her. hmm And she... I don't know if this is just the way she's portrayed, but she seems to, like, rope people in and then let them loose again, and then rope people in and then let them loose again, and use them when she needs them. hmm And it's not her fault that those people become obsessed with her, but it is a breeding ground for that kind of activity, I guess. Like, it, it makes them more... It's like More the ultimate
0: like, play hard to get kind of.
1: Yeah, like they want what they can't have, and she yeah. just keeps them like on the edge of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to be careful about how I'm saying this because I don't want to offend anybody. But it, it. I can. No, s- I understand.
0: Like yeah. e- even if we're not even talking about, um, you know, un- unhealthy behaviors, we'll call them like in terms of the stalking and whatnot. Like even if we're just talking about relatively health health healthy relationships someone who treats the people in their circle like that it's it's a setup like you said a breeding ground for emotional heartbreak and damages to be done even if no crimes are committed per se Mm -hmm. like even if you take that factor out of it it's still like back what the fuck are you doing but on that note like in the same breath it kind of goes back to is Joe painting the proper picture of Beck because we almost, um, he, he needs us to see her good side because he, you know, wants us to understand how, how amazing she is and why he's so in love with her. But he also needs to paint her quite poorly to justify his actions that he's saving her from herself. Yeah. Essentially. Right. So like, you know, throughout the series, and I even posted in, like, a couple groups, like, oh my god, Beck is the fucking worst. <laughs> it's like, well, is she, though? Or is that just what we're
1: seeing? You know what I mean? Yeah, because, I mean, the nature of of Joe's character is, like, as a stalker, he's almost always there. Yeah, Like, almost every scene with Beck, at least in the book, if I'm not mistaken, he's always there. Like, he's sneaking around the mansion, or he's, like, watching her from afar, or he's getting more info from Benji, or whatever it is. Like, he... He is constantly present, so you, you're you right. You don't really get a genuine view of Beck. Mm-hmm. So... Um. <sighs>
0: and sorry going back I, I, have, sorry, I have so many thoughts in my head I'm like writing scribbled notes so I don't forget stuff Oh, that's um right. so going back to what did you say how when we're talking about like not victim blaming but like how Beck's lifestyle and the way she treats pe- people like kind of makes her susceptible yeah. so I think that I think part of Beck's like psyche is all around control as it is for Joe as well, but in a little bit of a different light. So with Beck, like she doesn't really have a handle on her life. She has really low self-esteem. So I think that she likes people in her life that will take control for her. Like she does get money from her dad and stuff. And like, although she kind of pretends to fight it, she lets, peach drag her around give her money whatever um and same with joe so i do think that she she craves someone to come in and manipulate her but at the same time i think that that scares her and she you know is somewhat traumatized by her dad leaving and all that that i think she also craves control in her own hands which is why she lets them go because if she if she's the one who has the power uh, for lack of a better word in how close or far people are in her life, then she has a a perceived sense of control and can feel slightly better about the choices that she's made.
1: Yeah. It's like she lets them build her up to a certain point and then she wants to take over. But then when she has her like a minor setback, then she's, she kind of goes back into the same low and needs that again. Mm -hmm. I'm just perusing things on the internet right now as we're talking and a lot of people are defending peach which i think is problematic and i can't i think uh, i don't know i think it goes back to the fact that she's she (laughs) (laughs) um
0: that and i think like the only you're again it's tough because you identify with joe as the primary character but um you almost want to be like fuck yes peach thank you for being the only one who can see joe for what he is but right. the only reason she can is because she's the same yeah
1: yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. so i actually quite enjoyed their their little rivalry because it's like You can't really root for either of them, but you both want both of them to win at the same time. It's like, yes, Peach, bring him down. But at the same time, it's like, no, Peach, you can't. You have to die.
1: (laughs) Joe was better at who he was than Peach was, if that makes sense. I don't
0: know. I think uh, think Peach uh, could get away with more because she is female. See, but... And the nature of the relationship is different. It.
1: Yeah. But I. I just think of. And again. This is where we see most of this through the eyes of Joe. So what I'm saying could be skewed um, by that. But I I think of when Peach was like, oh, I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. Actually, I'm just going to walk. And like these stupid little. Little. Illnesses that she plays at just—they seem to fall flat next to Joe's like elaborate planning. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think I think that that speaks to the the hold that she has on um, Beck, though. Yeah, because it's like maybe you know they've been friends for so many years. Maybe she used to be like really tight and elaborate in that sort of thing but she's kind of like from peach's perspective it's like she's too dumb to realize what i'm doing kind of so it doesn't matter and she's right because every single time beck still followed her yeah right so she she didn't have to try that hard and i think part of it was almost maybe fun for her especially when joe gets involved because it's like Oh, I have one little like throw up or whatever, and she's already ditching you over me, even though like she has all the information in the world to put together that I'm faking it. Mm. Like, I think she, I think Peach enjoyed that dynamic.
1: Yeah. I wonder if Beck had, I I mean, we're talking about characters here, (laughs) like they're real (laughs) people, but for the sake of argument, let's say they are. Beck is interesting with Peach because I think um she's using peach and trying to stay on good terms with peach because of who peach is and who like the family she comes from mm-hmm. and, you know so because beck is a writer and she's trying to get her foothold in new york and she's trying to get published and blah 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 whatever she is trying to surround herself with successful people almost so that she can like absorb some of that success by proxy and yeah uh Peach seems to be the one who's more closely aligned to her goals. Mm -hmm. Like she's got all the connections. She's got, you know, the, the family behind her. So it's just, I don't know. It's like, she wants it to rub off on her and she's willing to sacrifice whatever time or emotion that she has to get some of that so that she can ultimately benefit in the end.
0: And I think ultimately like, you know, that was definitely her goal to start and I think at this point in her life, she just doesn't fucking have anyone else. So like she needs these people because without it she's just alone. She'd rather be in company and miserable than be comfortable by herself. Um and as much as I keep wanting to call her <laughs> I keep wanting to call her Blake for some reason. Um back. Um As much as Beck is using Peach to kind of climb up a little bit, um, Peach is at the same time manipulating her to keep her down because she needs her down. She needs needs her her vulnerable. She needs, yeah, she needs her to need her.
1: I want you. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, cheap trick. (laughs)
0: Oh, sorry. Josh's mom slept with their bassist. (laughs) Oh, no, not the bassist. (laughs) What's wrong with the bassist? I don't know. That's always the joke. Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) Oh, dear. (sighs) Sorry, all the bassists are going to be like, you bitches. (laughs) We (laughs) hate you. (laughs) You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Ugh.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit okay um but before we do i think one of the best descriptions of this show that i saw online was that uh joe is a like crossbreed between ted mosby and dexter (laughs) who's ted mosby from um how i met your mother That just like level of like desperation and idealize like idealization of women and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I can see a lot of so true. (laughs) Yeah. Oh dear. (laughs) Um. So I want to hear your thoughts on Joe's father figure, for lack of a better word. Uh, What's his face, Mooney or whatever?
1: Oh,
0: I have a really i'm so conflicted with my interpretation of him and their relationship and everything that went on
1: because he seems to be like the one force that's just that's helping him justify what he's doing like when he says some people just have to die mm-hmm. or uh, i don't know
0: like i'm torn whether or not um Mooney's role was just that he was an abusive Dick and saw this vulnerable kid and was like, "Hey, and maybe the same way Joe does, like thought he was justified in helping him, quotes and um, teaching him life lessons and stuff because of Joe's past. Um, but on the other hand, like some people online were saying, "Well, maybe he just recognized that same." itch those same urges and he even like mentions urges at one point and is trying to rein it in and teach joe how to survive similar to how harry did with dexter just like i recognize your faults i see or not faults but like i see that thing within you i'm gonna help you learn how to live with it and survive on it because if i don't you're gonna be reckless and you're gonna end up dead or in prison
1: yeah and channel it into something productive and worthwhile ah. like <laughs> books
0: <laughs> Give books yeah and maybe he just wasn't successful <laughs> yeah i yeah i i really don't i don't know how to feel because like you want to see him as this father figure that made joe into who he is and you can't help but appreciate again going back to that like ooh intellect you can't help but appreciate how much this guy loves and knows about books and stuff and how he shares that with Paco, which I think even feeds that further. Um, So you want to see Mooney as like this father figure that helped him become who he was, but in all the scenes that you see with him, he's very abusive
1: and scary. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, I don't know, you're only seeing, again, we're only seeing it through Joe's scope, so maybe he's trying to, like, this is the way I am, without actually saying this is the way I am, like, yeah. it helped contribute to, but maybe not, I don't know. Actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't sound as good.
0: Yeah, as it's as like, it it's, it's half and half, right? It's like, I don't, I really just don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, um,
1: And this morning
0: I was kind of scrolling because I I wanted to have some more insider theories to share um, on that topic because I knew it was something I wanted to bring up. And uh, some people were saying, you know, when you see Joe bring back to visit Mooney and he, you know, had supposedly suffered a stroke and was um, immobilized immobilized, uh, to an extent, people were wondering if Joe did something to him and he was the reason that he was in that state.
1: I. Yeah, I can't remember if something like that happens in the book. I feel like, I feel like it makes sense, but it probably makes too much sense.
0: That yeah. It's
1: so simple that like it, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know either.
1: Uh, yeah, So I should have read the book before this again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm I'm really curious for season two to see if we get any more flashbacks with Mooney because I just don't understand what happened there.
1: Yeah, I think um, they mentioned that Joe had issues with his mom too, right? Yeah, because when Paco's mom's in the hospital after she ODs or or gets beaten, one of the two, like he keeps he just gets very like he has this emotional break that you don't really see very often with him. Like he keeps he keeps his emotions pretty tightly wound, but when he's like, "You're a mother, you should be here," blah blah blah, like. It's just, it kind of opens him up to, like, "Uh uh-oh, what happened with you? Like, something happened. You needed someone there to guide you and then enter Mooney. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah, because in, in every other scenario, he goes, like, he might initially, like, get that impact of emotions where he feels frustrated or hurt or whatever. But then he automatically and immediately channels it into productivity for lack of a better word in terms of okay how am i going to manipulate this situation so i can fix it yeah in that scenario i don't know if it's just like he reached a point of i don't know what else i can fucking do for you people or (laughs) (laughs) or if you know like you said that was just like such a sore spot that he couldn't he couldn't withdraw to think with Joe logic, it was just an emotional outburst. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, again, that feeds the whole, like, oh, he's so empathetic with Paco thing. Yeah. I think one of my favorite scenes, uh, just while we're talking about Paco, is when Beck is at the door after Joe takes her to the basement. And she's screaming at the gate. And Paco comes and finds her and closes the door and leaves.
1: (gasps) Oh, yes.
0: Chilling. I fucking loved it. I loved it.
1: Oh, so good. I completely forgot about that. (laughs) Uh Oh.
0: And I think that, I think, I think we're supposed to maybe see part of Joe and Paco. I mean, like, they draw some very obvious similarities, like the love of books, um, You know, having a, a troubled childhood, an abusive childhood, and that sort of thing. So maybe Paco is our way to see what Joe used to be like and how, how the manipulation with Mooney started. Ooh. Because, you know, he's helping him with Ron and, like, all that sort of stuff. Like, it's just little bit by bit and just little life tips and little lessons and books and that sort of thing. And then it escalates. And then we get to this point where, you know, he's looking at Beck screaming and he's probably one scared because he's a kid. And the only figure he really knows is Joe who told him, because I believe that's after he killed Ron, um, who told him, you know, sometimes it, this has to happen. Sometimes people need to die. And he may have thought that, because she, she was screaming, like, he killed people or something like that. He may have thought that she was talking about Ron.
1: Oh, and he's got this, like, undying loyalty for Joe, because he saved him, really. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got this undying loyalty to Joe. Um, so he won't, like, whatever he thinks by himself, like, oh, there's a girl trapped in the basement is overshadowed by the well joe saved me from this life so WWE baby but he also helped him
0: (laughs) yeah like like that's the other thing i think if it's yeah he doesn't want to get in trouble
1: yeah 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 so it's it's a bit of loyalty a bit of fear and maybe that's exactly the mixture that that joe needed when
0: yeah when he was paco's age or whatever um That And I think he recognized that, you know, it was really scary for Paco to see his mom in in the bookstore basement and um, being so hurt and all that. And it was really scary. And it was like, Joe, what the hell are you doing to my mom? But at the end, she came out clean. Yeah. And at the end of their story, Ron's out of the picture. She's clean. And they're moving away to start a new life. And all of that is thanks to Joe. So I think he either thought, you know loyalty slash i don't want to get in trouble slash i just need to trust joe if she's down there she's down there for a reason yeah
1: yeah yeah don't talk to strangers or friendly people <laughs> who give you books no. <laughs> um
0: one of the best comments i burst out laughing this morning they were talking about dr nikki online oh yeah and they like <laughs> when Joe hits him in the back of the head. They were they were like I was fully expecting him to turn around and say, "Have mercy." <laughs> <laughs> what from Full House? Because oh. he was Uncle Jesse, and that was like his line was like, "Have mercy," and he did it all like Elvisy.
1: See, <laughs> I just thought of Doctor Nick Riviera from The Simpsons. <laughs> 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 Ouch! Everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh. Oh God. Woo. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Yay. Yay. Yeah, man. We freaking we did it. We recorded. There's only minimal baby noises.
0: We recorded. Um. So I don't know when our next recording is going to be, but
1: <laughs> who knows? I it mean, happens. Happens. Happen. Yeah. I mean, once this kid is on like feeding that other people can provide (laughs) 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 then it'll be a bit more frequent but until then we're kind of like whenever we get a spare moment like this minus 40 weather we have up here (laughs) yeah or whatever that is in US stuff whatever minus 40 is it's like minus 100 (laughs) (laughs) minus 105 (laughs) the numbers are always bigger <laughs> <laughs> uh, their to-go anyway. cups
0: are bigger. Their temperatures are bigger. <laughs> yep. Get your slurpees
1: here. Yeah.
0: What?
1: Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, you're killing the Facebook right now. I mean, for a while, but it's been exploding. Like I, oh, I. Jenna takes care of all the social stuff. I just kind of peek at it. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, yeah, no, good job. It's amazing. And thank, thank you. you guys for the support and the um, the likes and the shares and the whatevs, all the Facebooky things that you do. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, like we said, we have every intention of continuing. So, if you have any topic ideas, suggestions, general thoughts, um, feel free to send it our way at sitting crooked Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot that we asked people for ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Like,
1: you've already started checking us out on Facebook, but please continue and tweet us. We probably won't tweet back. I don't know how Twitter works. We're, but... we're not
0: very good at <laughs> we're not very good at the Twitter. <laughs> I I oh. begged my sister to take it over, and she did for a while, and then I stopped giving her information. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think she posts anymore, which I don't blame her for. Oh uh, yeah. When I was posting
1: the um like publishing the episodes they just like i just clicked the auto feed to twitter so i don't know what that looks like i just did it i assume that it went up properly
0: (laughs) yeah it's pretty much just like check out our new episode on podbean (laughs) we're professionals (laughs) so professional uh yeah if, if you want the real goods though facebook and instagram are are where it's at yeah yeah all the
1: episodes are on podbean um itunes google play music (laughs) <laughs> all those those good things we're everywhere
0: can't mm-hmm. get rid of
1: us plex if you use that i don't know <laughs> but yeah check us out we're so glad to be back It was so exciting to actually do a last minute like okay do you want to do this yeah let's do this okay cool
0: <laughs> and just freaking talk to each other because i mean we haven't had a solid conversation outside of snapchat and i don't even know
1: how long <laughs> yeah yeah and i talk to toddlers and babies all day so like <laughs> It's it's nice to
0: Not watching the wiggles is a good thing. <laughs> That's right.
1: Or Paw Patrol or any of I think I've watched
0: <laughs> Oh my god, I think I've watched Wreck It Ralph like five hundred times. <laughs> Which is okay. But five hundred times is a little it's it's okay it's the movie. first like five or six times and then yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's not enough movies to fill the day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um. Anyway, so yeah. If uh, like we always post our episodes on Facebook. So if you want to just post some comments on that posting, <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, tell us what you think about you. We want to know what you guys feel. Ha- tell us about you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. But yeah, I mean, w- we just kind of brain dumped on on our initial thoughts and the the surface scratching of what we found on the internet. But if you have any theories or added insight we we definitely want to hear it
1: yeah or what's her name caroline kentness whatever the uh, the author's name is talk to us we want to meet you <laughs> were you stalked as a child we need to know <laughs> <laughs> i'm done <laughs> yep <laughs> good good